Hi guys, welcome back to Freeman Sports Pod. I believe this sparks episode 7. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze this in. Uh, I'm guessing when this episode does come out, the Chiefs game will have already started. Didn't really realize as I was doing my homework how close uh, we are to the game starting. So I got to get this done quickly. And my prediction will have already been made though before the game starts. So as I mentioned now, we're going to start off with my uh, predictions for the two cha- uh, championships today for the NFL, the AFC and NFC championships. So first, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs-Titans. I think this game can be very interesting. It's going to honestly, I think, come down more so with the Titans, with Derrick Henry in that run game, because if they're able to get that going and dominate in that cold weather of Kansas City, I think they could steal a win. But if they can't get it going, I think uh, the Chiefs could potentially blow them out. But I realistically see them being a, this being a pretty close game. And uh, ultimately, I have the Chiefs winning 28-20, to 20, but I definitely could see the Titans winning. I definitely could see it coming down closer. I mean, I could see this being a game where it's back and forth and the Chiefs maybe even are tied or down and get a game-winning touchdown late or something like that. So I definitely think this game could come down to the wire. Uh, I'd like to see the Titans as the upset. I just think it'd be cool. But if I'm being realistic, I'm going to say the Chiefs come out with the win. Uh, then the later game tonight, which is the Packers 49ers, that is at, sorry, one sec, that game is at 540 on Fox, and the game that's about starts at 205 on CBS, so it's the 49ers versus the Packers, and I think this game's also going to be really close, and I think it's going to be pretty low scoring because it's two defensive teams, uh, even though the Packers do have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones with that passing game and run game, they are they did rely what you could see in the Seahawks game on their defense to kind of bail them out late. Uh, ultimately, I do think it's going to be close, but I think the 49ers edge out the Packers 24 to 20. Um, I don't know. I just, again, this is also one that could come down to the wire. I see it more, though, as one where maybe the 49ers are up like two possessions and the touchdown, or the, sorry, uh, the Packers get a late touchdown to make the score a little closer. But I, I, even though I said the score is going to be closer than the other one, I think there's a better chance that the Titans pull off the upset. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of NFL for this week. Obviously, there's not much going on. I mean, it's two huge games, but there's just not many games. So now I'm going to talk about sticking on the topic, though, my thoughts on last week's games. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Chiefs versus the Texans. So obviously the Texans get out to this huge lead. I, I thought the game had started later. I completely forgot that it was an earlier game, so I didn't even know what was going on. And next thing I know, I turn it on and see that the Texans are already up 14 nothing a few minutes in. And I'm like, are you serious? Are they really going to blow out the Chiefs and run away with this? And then Kansas City got their act together, scored 28 in the second quarter, and went on to dominate them in this game. And I blame this game, quite honestly, and one person in particular because of questionable decisions. And if you guys listened to my earlier podcast, you know that I've hated on this guy before, and I'm about to do it again, and that's Bill O'Brien. I don't think he's a playoff-level coach. I don't think he's a good coach at all. I thought the Texans should have gotten rid of him last year or even the year before that. He is not the right guy for this team. He's not capable of coaching a team to go far in the playoffs, let alone even try to get to or win the Super Bowl. So I hope they would maybe consider firing him. I don't think they will just because of how far they did get, which is why I said it was kind of a blessing and a curse for them to beat the Bills because, I mean, it's great to obviously win a game, but it keeps his job safe and he does not deserve to have that job anymore. So I guess I'm not that surprised. I'm surprised with how the game happened, but not that the Chiefs got the win. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is the Packers-Seahawks. Now, this game was just unfortunate because, obviously, Packers dominate early. Seahawks have this huge rally but come up short. They had plenty of opportunities to come through with the win. 
Uh, obviously, there was the questionable call with if Jimmy Graham got the first down line or not. And while, yes, people were saying that you can't just use the yellow line, which is true. That's not actually 100% accurate. But there was an angle that I saw posted on Instagram. I forgot what page that actually showed if you looked at, like, the red marker, his helmet was there, but the football was tucked in. So, realistically, he was short. And although people were like, oh, well, they would have had fourth and inches, they could have gotten it. Nothing is for sure in this league. Nothing is certain. I mean, you can ask the Patriots about that, where they kept getting just short against the Titans, but then couldn't get touchdowns, and that cost them the game. So, obviously, the Seahawks could have potentially gotten that stop and then get the ball back and have a chance to win the game. But it is what it is. That's what happens. I mean, you got to give them credit to a huge first half, which put them in position to win that game. Offense fell apart in the second half, but they were able to hold on with uh, the Smith brothers coming through and getting the win. And once again, Aaron Rodgers didn't look great because, I mean, he's not washed. I don't think he's like where Brady was, but I don't think he's the elite Aaron Rodgers that everybody's hyping him up to be. I don't think he's that good at all this year. I think he's had a terrible year. But got to give him credit. He's gotten big plays, and he had that one huge throw to Devontae Adams, so he's made the plays when he's needed to. Uh, the next game is probably the one that surprised people the most, which was the Titans just destroying the Ravens. And I don't think this is anything to pin down on Lamar Jackson being like a lack of talent or struggling in the playoffs or anything. I mean, he's going to win MVP. You have to People have to remember how young this guy is. I mean, he's younger than Joe Burrow. And he's already been in the playoffs twice now. I think the reality is, though, I don't think the the Ravens prepared properly enough for Derrick Henry and the Titans or just, like, gave them enough respect. I think they were kind of looking past the Titans and just expected that this would be a Super Bowl year and we're getting excited. And I think Earl Thomas said something about whoever has to play us in the Super Bowl should be scared. Like, I don't think they took the Titans seriously enough and they paid the price for it. And then the last game is the 49ers-Vikings. I mean, this game just frustrated me as a Saints fan perspective because obviously would have liked the Saints to win stuff, but if the Vikings were going to win, I would have at least liked to see them look like a playoff team. But they went right back to what they looked like every other game, which was just a team that was completely outmatched when they played better teams. And, like, the Saints played the 49ers and kept them close, and I truly believe the Saints would have beat the Packers, but obviously they couldn't beat the Vikings, so can't assume anything or say anything hypothetical. 49ers had a dominant win. Kirk Cousins won back to looking like the quarterback that consistently struggled. Their O-line just could not stop that um, 49ers ferocious defensive front, which gave uh, Kirk Cousins all sorts of frustrations, and I think they could potentially do that to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, which is why I see them winning. Uh, So that's all I have to say really about NFL. So now I'm going to move on to something where I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast or not sports-wise. Uh, but I'm actually going to talk briefly about the UFC because I'm guessing a lot of people either pay-per-view ordered or went to a restaurant or somewhere to watch or a friend's house to watch or live-streamed it illegally or something to watch the McGregor versus Cowboy uh, Cerrone uh, pay-per-view fights last night. Uh, so basically, McGregor just de- destroyed Cerrone from the start, beat him in 40 seconds. It was completely dominant. Cerrone just looked, like, lost out there and nervous, like, instantly protective after he ate that knee early in the fight. Well, really early, obviously, because the whole fight was kind of early in the fight with how quick it happened. And then McGregor pounced and then used those huge hits to the face with the shoulder and busted his nose open. And then finally that head kick pretty much sealed it. And if anybody thought that the fight got stopped too early, definitely did not. I mean, the uh, I forgot which ref it was, but he gave him all the time, uh, Cerrone, all the opportunities to try to defend himself and fight off to keep. I think it was that guy Herb or whatever to fight off and keep the fight going. But ultimately, he had to stop it. Uh, I think McGregor looked back. I told plenty of people that he would dominate Cerrone. I didn't think it'd be this quick. I thought it'd be late second, early third round. I thought he would just pick him apart early and then just finish him off. 
But, I mean, honestly, when uh, McGregor lost to Habib, he didn't take it that serious. He was still, like, the show-off that he was, like, worrying about, like, his uh, his drink that he created and all the commercials and the fame and spending all this money and stuff and just trying to live, like, a very glorious, fun lifestyle rather than taking it serious. And he realized that, like, he needed to take a good look in the mirror and fix himself, and that's exactly what he did. He took a year and a half or so, whatever, or serious, didn't drink for a few months, just basically got himself to back to where he needs to be. And I don't think he's quite back to where he was, but obviously he's definitely good enough to compete again in the UFC in that dominant win. Uh, as for who I'd like to maybe see him fight next, I think Jorge Masvidal a.k.a. Gamebred, would be the best person for him to fight. I think that'd be a, a very exciting fight. The, I think the fans would love it, and it'd be great. I mean, it'd be great to also see him get a re- rematch with Habib, but I don't think that would happen right away. That would be something more like either late 2020 or early 2021. But McGregor did hint at, since there's no main card for March, that he would like to fight on that. And obviously, since he literally took no damage in this fight at all, he's healthy enough to do so. So maybe a McGregor Masvidal had in main event in March is a possibility. I think that would be really cool. Uh, so now I'm just going to talk about the uh, NBA briefly, just like about the current playoff teams and stuff and what I think about the different teams. So starting with the East, I mean, Milwaukee just looks dominant. Giannis, MVP candidate once again. They just look like a, a team that's great together. I mean, the point differential is ridiculous at plus 12.6. Won nine of the last time, six row. I mean, they look like they are a well-oiled machine and just got to keep doing what they're doing. Miami Heat, another team that's very impressive. Uh, I mean, the one thing is, though, with the East, is literally anywhere from the 2 to the 6 seed that are, like, all on top of each other, so that could be all over the place. I mean, Milwaukee, barring any significant injury to someone like Giannis or something, they'll probably hang on to the 1. But it's going to be very competitive. The Heat have been very impressive, though. I mean, at home, 18-1, and one, that's absurd. They definitely have to get better on the road, though, if they want to be a for-real playoff team because 11-11 and 11 is just not going to cut it. Then we've got the Toronto Raptors, who have just completely surprised me. Not that I thought without Kawhi they would be nothing, because obviously Kyle Lowry's been great, and Siakam, if he would continue to build on, which he has, that they would be right back up there towards the top of the East. But with all the injuries they've had, to, to still be 28-14 and 14 is just absurd to me. So I'm actually very impressed with how they've been doing. Then we've got Boston, who I'm surprised they're all the way down at four. They've kind of had a rough patch lately, losing three in a row in four of their last uh are four and six in their last 10 games so not good but I still think they're a very talented team I think them getting rid of Kyrie Irving and getting Kemba Walker was a great move I think Kemba's a great fit and great leader for that organization then we have the Pacers who obviously revamped their team Aladipo will be coming back soon and if they can stay in the thick of the playoff race like they have now I think they could potentially move all the way up to the two seed not saying they will but it's a chance then we've got the 76ers, who quite honestly have been a disappointment. And now with Ben Simmons, I mean, uh, uh, sorry, Embiid going down, we're going to have to see if they can uh, keep things going and try to stay in the higher part of the East playoff uh, seeds without Embiid so that when he comes back, they can make a push to like a two or three seed maybe. Then obviously you have the Magic and uh, the Nets towards the bottom. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about those teams just because they're very close to the teams that are just outside of the playoff race, so they're not really, like, playoff teams right now. Uh, but, I mean, Orlando, Marco Fultz, great to see him turning around. And then with Brooklyn, I mean, Kyrie, I, mean, I don't know what he's doing with these comments about needing different pieces and stuff. I just think that's not the right thing to do right now, and he's just focused on playing basketball. Uh, out West, I mean, the Lakers have just been so dominant. Team's been realistic. They go in and beat Houston on the road without Anthony Davis. Very impressive game. The Nuggets... 
I mean, once again, I mean, everybody expected them to be good in the regular season, and they have looked great. But the real question ultimately is going to come down to can they perform in the playoffs because they're a young team and experienced in the playoffs, and that showed last year. So we'll have to see if they can turn it around. Uh, the Clippers, they've been looking great per usual. Paul George has been hurt, but they've still been able to keep up the good work just like at the beginning of the year without him. They'll be great. Playoff team for sure. Push to the conference finals, potentially maybe even the championship. Um, Utah Jazz, also another team that's been dominant 9-1 and one in their last 10. Surprising loss to the Pelicans, but then were able to bounce back with a win against, I believe, yeah, the Kings. So they have been great. Uh, the Mavericks, another team that's been super surprising and impressive. All credit goes to Luka. I mean, he's been carrying that team to just a great record, great season, most likely going to the playoffs. So now the next team is a team that's just been an utter disappointment, and quite honestly, I can't help but smile to see so, and that's the Houston Rockets at 26-15. and 15. They're 7.5 out of the one seed. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, lost three in a row. They're starting to fall apart and have some struggles. It's just great to see because everybody was saying that Westbrook and Harden would work, and that was the answer. Okay, while Westbrook's been playing solid, obviously Harden's been ridiculous. Westbrook's had his bad games, and the Thunder as a whole have struggled a lot defensively. And I'm not even trying to suggest, because I know I am a Chris Paul fan, that this is all because they lost Chris Paul. But it's just kind of great to see that my points of saying that that trade wouldn't be a great move for them, and that if they had run it back, they would have been better off. And the fact that this team wouldn't it'd be as dominant as everyone expected, just to kind of see that coming true is great to see. I mean, the Rockets have just been a mess. They, the, the defense has just not been that great. Giving up 114.2 a game is not going to cut it. So the next team has been a team that's been a pleasant surprise for me and a huge surprise to others. I'm not super surprised, but I am somewhat surprised. I didn't think they'd be this good. I thought they'd be about 500, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're coming off of a dominant win against the Trailblazers where Chris Paul had arguably his best game of the season, where he had 30 points... I believe seven assists and four rebounds. Uh, yeah, on 11 of 15 shooting, which is very efficient in just 28 minutes. So he had a very dominant game against a Portland Trailblazers team that, I mean, I don't know how else to describe them other than an utter disappointment. I mean, they're 18 and 26 with all that talent. And the offense hasn't been the problem. Just like the Rockets, it's just been a lack of defense. It's been killing them. Unlike the Thunder, who the offense has been inconsistent, but the defense has just been amazing and only given up 108 a game. So, yeah, they're 24-19. They're in the thick of the playoff race as well. I mean, they're not that far behind Dallas or Houston. I think realistically they'll probably end up sitting where they are at the seventh seed. And honestly, I mean, I think Denver could be a team that they could upset. I don't think they will, but could just because of the lack of experience in the playoffs. The next is a super surprising team, which is the Grizzlies. I think they have a very bright future. I 100% think they could get the eighth seed, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't just because, I mean, I don't I – mean, like you've got a Spurs team with Popovich – as the coach, and DeMar Rosen and Aldridge, who could turn things around. you got a Blazers team where even though they've looked awful, they definitely have the pieces to turn it around. And then you have the Pelicans, who no one knows about right now because with Zion coming back soon, if he turns out to be as good as everybody's been hyping him up to be, they could make a playoff push. I mean, they're only four and a half games out. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I pretty much have to say about for the NBA. So I'm going to quickly talk about college football and then wrap things up by talking about college basketball. So I just wanted to bring up the fact that Travis Etienne has decided to return to Clemson for senior year, which I think makes Clemson super scary to see him and Trevor Lawrence back. They're going to be dangerous and 100% could win it all. I think I'm surprised. I think he should have gone to the NFL. Would have been a late first, early second round pick. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll just be uh, locked to go first round next year. Maybe he can get a championship in his senior year at Clemson. 
Uh, and then as for my prediction for college football, my early prediction, I'm going to predict Ohio State over Clemson and the championship. I just think Field is going to be a monster next year. I have already told plenty of people about like how I would like to have seen like the Bears tank for him next year or the Chargers to maybe get him as the next quarterback because I think for sure he's going to be a superstar in the NFL. And I think he's going to rise right away in top 10 eventually in a few years, top five in the league, and maybe even win a Super Bowl or two or a few. So lastly, I'm going to talk about college basketball. Obviously, I, it, we're getting close to the end of January, which means we'll be uh, in like the late conference games and conference tournaments of February, and then obviously the best time of the year, March Madness. Uh, so my dark horse team, I mean, it is biased because Miles Powell's my guy, but I'm saying Seton Hall. I said it from the beginning, and they're finally starting to show it again now that they're healthy. I mean, even without their big men, they're still winning games. Uh, they've been dominant. They're undefeated in the Big East. Had a few big wins in a row, beating the at that then number four five five Butler, I think, on the road after being down double digits, and then beating St. John's on the road. And then my overrated or like disappointment team right now has been Duke. I mean, they've been up and down, but they've been struggling lately. I mean, they lost to a Louisville team that had been struggling at home, which is just unacceptable, especially to be ranked that at as high as number three and let that happen. And so, yeah, I mean, my last thing I'm just going to wrap up is just my uh, top 25 currently for college basketball. I mean, things have been crazy right now. There's no dominant team. And so I don't know how accurate this is really going to be. This is just what I think for now. I didn't spend too much time looking into this, so don't take it too seriously. But so I have Gonzaga 1, Baylor 2, San Diego State 3, Oregon 4, Florida State 5, Kentucky 6, Louisville 7, Duke 8, Kansas 9, Auburn 10, Butler 11, Villanova 12, 13 Michigan State, 14 Dayton, 15 Seton Hall, 16 Maryland, 17 West Virginia, 18 Memphis, 19 Texas Tech, 20 Creighton, 21 Iowa, 22 Wichita State, 23 Michigan, 24 Colorado, and 25 Stanford. So like I said, I didn't spend too much time looking into this guy, so if you disagree and would think another team should be in there, I think most of it's accurate, but like once you get towards the final few teams on that list, if you'd have one of the teams that were in it last week drop out and replace them with someone else, or maybe some team that I just forgot about or something that's in it now that should stay in it, obviously you can have your opinions. This isn't something that like I'm super like you know, convinced with or like proud of or confident in with what I said because – it's just a guess, and honestly, with how crazy college basketball has been, you could argue a bunch of different teams should be in different places. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate you guys for checking out. Uh, like it, comment, let me know any suggestions to continue or change or anything you'd like to see in future episodes. Uh, keep spreading the podcast. I really appreciate it, and yeah, uh, thank you guys so much.